the Augustin Hosinga show with your host Augustin Hosinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Welcome back to the Agostino Zynga show with I, your host, Agostino Zynga, and this is episode number 747, that is 747-what's going on, my friends, how you doing, how you feeling, hope you're well, wherever you may be, I hope you are doing splendid, how am I, you know how it is, doing the best I can with the time I have available, doing the best I can with the time I have available, but I'm really, I'm glad that you have joined me on this monumentous day where I make my comeback to the Agassino Zynga show. I was planning on doing a lot of shows this past couple of weeks, but you know, life got in the way and all that malarkey, right? I ended up getting a little bit too excited over the last couple of days, so I'm back now in a hot seat doing what needs to be done. That is the main thing. That is the main blood clot thing. So what's been happening so far? Um, I'm actually really surprised, maybe a little bit taken aback by some of the response I've had to some of the clips I've been putting up on my channel, specifically the one about me saying that I fumbled the Nike job. Um, I'm sure most of you guys have seen it on my channel. I featured, I spoke about it in the last episode and I was speaking about, you know, my experience working for Nike where I was kind of not really working for Nike, but working at this Nike store. And I kind of fumbled that whole situation that could have potentially led to other, you know, lucrative opportunities down the flipping, you know, um, down the road. But because of my arrogance at the time, or no, because of my confidence at the time, which now I look back at it was a bit arrogant. Um, I, you know, fucked up that opportunity. And now here I am to you, uh, streaming to probably a crowd of t less than 10 people and shit, where I maybe should be in Oregon somewhere, you know, doing fucking marketing campaigns and being the, you know, head of energy marketing. But hey, it is what it is. But I was really, um, what do you call it? Taken aback and really warmed at some of the fucking response that I got from people. Um, a lot of people reached out to me and stuff and basically were saying the same things that I basically said and kind of felt a lot of the things I was speaking about, which is a nice feeling because I think for the longest time, I genuinely thought I was special, <laughs> you know, like I was unique. I was going through these, these things myself. No one else understood me. I'm here on my own island. I am, you know, whatever, all this sort of nonsense. But when you start putting out content online, one thing that you start to realize, no matter how weird you are, no matter how warped your perspective is, there's always somebody out there that resonates with you, that has gone through the same thing, has fought the same thing. So it's a weird feeling sometimes on the internet. It can be somewhat validating, but it can also sometimes rid you of your unique uniqueness right because i was going around being happy that i was the number one victim oh, i am the best victim i didn't get this nike job because of this because i'm just so outspoken because i'm a fucking you know true soldier right i was so on this flipping dumb soapbox but then when i started you know explaining what happened other people had the same feelings oh yeah it's happened to me before i fumble situations before because of that sort of attitude in my regular job i was like oh damn so i guess i'm not that unique <laughs> <laughs> but 
the lessons still remain. And um, the key lesson, I think, to take away from that flipping whole episode, which I think a lot of people have basically taken away from it anyway, is to just treat everything with respect, um, to try your best, if possible, to make a good impression and to not go out of your way to be an arsehole. Even if you think you know anything, if you know more. I think that's one of the rules in 48, 48 Laws of Power, right? It's like, don't outshine the master. And it's really true. I think there's a rule about that. Don't outshine the master, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Um, don't outshine the master. And it's very, very true. You don't want to overstep, even if you do know what you're talking about. It's still similar to like the art of being have, the art of being a good conversationalist. If you're with a group of friends and people are exchanging stories and stuff, sometimes just pretending like you don't know what that person's speaking about, just so you can kind of let them have the floor and let them maybe kind of speak about their experience of a certain thing or, you know, whatever it may be, is sometimes better for the overall harmony instead of shooting them down, instead of waiting for your chance to speak so you can just kind of, you know, one-up them or do the whole Miss and Miss Me Too thing. Actually being good to kind of, you know, serve people up opportunities to speak and have the floor and give them a chance to sort of like, you know, um, share their experience or their personality with people can actually go a long way in terms of kind of building up that rapport. But sometimes, you know, you can sometimes get wrapped up in your own shit and believe that you are the main center and always the main person and the main character in all situations, which is never the case. So it's glad that was in that position um so for some of you out there that would want to contact me about those sort of things and you know want to reach out and say hey thanks for talking about so-and-so and you're not sure where to talk about stuff because i'm not always checking you know my social media feeds and stuff like you know i should be on my instagram more checking on my dm stuff but i don't and i should be uploading more clips on there but i don't but hey bear with me but if you do want to contact me directly please make sure um that you check out the page the you know the podcast page where i put up all the audio episodes of the podcast itself i'm sure most of you guys have seen it before it's all one word theagasinozingashow.com you can find it and basically has all the episodes links that i put up there so you can find them and also some links to the topics i speak about in each episode but if you go to the top right hand corner here you'll find a contact button and in the contact button you can quickly shoot me an email if you've got any questions or stuff regarding stuff that you've seen on the podcast and of course i'll put it in the descriptions as well so you can flip and check out the link itself but if you ever want to reach out regarding any the agassino zinga show podcast topics please make sure you check out the main podcast page which is the show.com click on the contact button and you can fill out the little thing and then you can you know get in touch and whatnot and obviously i'll respond to you very very promptly because i have no life yeah anyway let's continue um another thing to talk about which kind of you know i'm sure most of you have seen it but just kind of broke my heart i've been thinking about it for the past week i'm not gonna lie um was this absolutely heartbreaking story about this little girl um in gaza that was found dead um shortly after calling the red cross for help um absolutely tragic story right called um hin rajab sorry hin rajab six years old was found dead in gaza after a phone call um to for help and it's a tragic story especially when you see the picture of the little girl right an absolute angel um, and reading the article itself the six-year-old girl who went missing in gaza city last month has been found dead along with several of her relatives and two paramedics right and this is the worst bit about it right because some people out there especially some of the you know some of the hardcore pro-israeli people or some of the anti-ceasefire people or some of the you know hardcore zionist guys out there will be like hey this is you know a casualty of war unfortunately war is not you know war is ugly but the really tragic part about this is that this girl was calling the red cross for aid and then they not only you know littered her car that she was traveling in with her parents with absolute you know with missiles and bullets but they also took out the flipping paramedics who were trying to help her 
You know what I mean? Who are trying to help her family. That's the really tragic, heartbreaking side about this whole thing. Um, and it goes, along with two paramedics who try to save her um, after they appear to have some come, come under fire from Israeli tanks. Hin Rajaba was fleeing the city with a car with her aunt, uncle and three cousins at the time. Um, audio recordings of calls between Hind and emergency cooperators suggest that the six-year-old was only one left alive in a car, hiding from Israeli forces among the bodies of her relatives. So that's even worse, actually, than the actual story that I remember seeing online. So she's actually still alive, calling the Red, the Red Cross for help. They try and go and help. Um, and then later on, as the Red Cross is going to help, I guess the Israeli tanks see the Red Cross is going there and assume somebody else is still alive in the car and bomb the car once again and take out the little girl and also the paramedics that are going to help her. Absolutely horrible. Um, her pleas for someone to rescue her ended with a phone call line just cut and made a sound of more gunfire. Paramedics from Palestinian Red Cross Society managed um, on Saturday to reach the area, which has previously been closed off as an active combat zone. They found the black Kia car Hind had been traveling in. It's a windscreen dashboard smashed to pieces, bullet holes scattered across the side. Can you imagine how scared that little six-year-old girl must have been? Can you imagine the terror, the terror inside of her as she's calling the Red Cross with all her relatives around her dead and slain and not responding, right? She's still having to process that. Imagine as a kid having to process the fact that your relatives around you are just, you know, they're not responding to your calls. They clearly are gone and you're having to kind of process that but still remain calm and cool and ask for help and stuff and they get there and then the people that are there to help you um, are then getting, you know, are then dying themselves in the line of duty and then the, obviously the young girl herself ends up passing away. It's just tragically. And if anything, you know, love and solidarity to all my brothers and sisters out there in Palestine, you know, free Palestine until the end and ceasefire always. But it's just kind of a reminder, you know, just to kind of have things in perspective when wherever we're kind of you know debating about nonsense of the timeline and arguing about nonsense things there are people out there especially in palestine especially in gaza and especially in congo all over the world who are going through crazy situations who are really suffering at the time when you're flipping arguing about zendaya's outfit or whatever it is or something or you saw on love island it's absolutely crazy to think people's um you know people are out here kind of making you know the biggest deal out of the really minute things when there are literal people losing their lives on the daily basis right in front of us and we're becoming somewhat desensitized to it you know that's a really troubling side about this whole thing um it continues here one paramedic told journalists that hind was among six bodies found inside a car all of which show signs of gunfire and shelling a few meters away were the remains of another car completely burnt out its engine spilling um onto the ground this is the red crescent says in the ambulance sent from the fetch um hind its crew yusuf al zinio and ahmed al mahmoud Madhun, sorry, were killed when the ambulance was bombed by Israeli forces, the organization says. In a statement, the PRSCS accused Israel of deliberately targeting ambulances as soon as it arrived on the scene in 29th of January. The Israeli occupation deliberately targeted at the Red Crescent crew despite obtaining prior con 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 sorry, coordination to allow the ambulance to arrive. Um, the PCRS told the BBC they had taken um, several hours to coordinate access to the Israeli army and the really tragic thing about it is that you'll hear pro-israeli people say whenever they've been confronted with this story i've seen a few clips of people basically say oh but hamas but hamas but hamas it's like yes the hamas um attack during the music festival was abhorrent 
um, you know, the Hamas attack during, you know, when they were kind of going through parts of Israel, which is basically slain random people that they were kind of coming across, right, was absolutely disgusting. And we obviously, um, everybody disavows that. It's obviously not great to see those type of things. But answering that level of brutality with this level of brutality surely isn't the way, you know? Surely this isn't a way to kind of rectify things. Surely this isn't a way to sort of quell things. Surely this isn't a way to kind of subjugate people. You'd think so, right? You you wouldn't think this would actually work in terms of getting people under your foot um, or getting people to surrender. You think this is not going to work because you'd imagine there are tons of, you know, Palestinian people out there who see these stories and more, especially when it's affecting people within their direct family who are crying and mourning for these people and they're going to go, they're going to go out and then they're going to do even more or even worse than what Hamas have ever did, right? Or they're just going to continue, continue that fight. So I don't know, man. It's absolutely horrible. Um, I really do hope. Um, you know, these situ this situation gets rectified sooner rather than later. Maybe the only situation that can, maybe the only peaceful resolution we have at the moment now is a ceasefire, which is still looking very unlikely considering how things are escalating. But I just can't, you know, I don't know. I just can't take any timeline conversation seriously when literal six-year-old girls are being flipping killed in Palestine on a daily basis. Um, you know, when they out when they're out here kind of crying for help um you know when they sat around all their family and relatives who are flipping passed away it's absolutely tragic so r.i.p hin rajab and her family friends um you know comp and just you know i just cannot imagine what they're kind of going through now at the moment and hopefully we have a peaceful resolution sooner or later and hopefully all of you motherfuckers out there complaining about nonsense that you know you keep your you keep all this stuff in mind because really and truly it could be far worse for you out there it could be really really far worse for you out there and of always free motherfucking palestine let's continue one thing i was also wondering and i was also thinking about aloud thinking aloud thinking aloud about this right was how good episode five of true detective night country was i know i've said a lot about night country i know i've been very um skeptical about it i've been very down on it the first four episodes i maintained were pretty shit it didn't really go anywhere um i felt like you know it kind of was another confirmation that true detective maybe peaked at episode one and probably should have been left there but episode five of true detective peak tv the build-up the build-up the build-up to the crescendo at the end of flipping episode five you have to watch it legitimately one of the amazing build-ups and points that i've ever seen the show and sometimes i think i was talking to somebody actually on the discord make sure you check out the flipping ties and random show discord i'll put the link obviously in the description for you to check it out but somebody mentioned on the discord you know that i wasn't obviously a big fan of it i think i mentioned on the discord like the reason why as well because i think in life nowadays anyway in tv there's not a lot of like slow burn shows anymore shows either have to come out firing from the blocks and then they kind of peter out or they're just shit right there's not really a lot of like anyway of course and there's obviously great shows but obviously great shows don't really exist we know all the great shows we've all watched them right the you know the white lotuses the bear all this sort of stuff right but for the most part shows either kind of start off really strong then they get shit or they start you know or they're just shit to begin with so to have a show that started off shit and then is now getting better as it's going along is really odd 
Like, it's really hard to kind of wrap my head around. Now, it's not to say it's getting better because, to be fair, I think episode five is the best episode so far. I don't think the rest of them have been that great. Again, it hasn't really gone anywhere. We still have got no explanation behind why those scientists were found, you know, you know, outside in the ice, all clumped together with their eyes scratched out and looking like they've just seen a monster. We still don't know what's going on. There's no, you know, it doesn't feel like we're going to get a resolution anytime soon. But still... The different plot points, the different stories, the different bits of character development going on. Peak, 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 peak TV. And I do like the introduction or the reintroduction of the North Face Danali. It's a very, very underrated um, piece of North Face outwear because everybody nowadays wears a noopsie. But I think a Denali is one of those classic fleeces that can be obviously worn underneath a North Face noopsie or any other North Face jacket. That's always good. But I think worn alone as its own little fleece thing is a very underrated and overlooked jacket. I think a lot of people should obviously go out there and check it out. But I really recommend um, you check it out if you haven't already. Um, North Face Denalis, they're great little fleeces. They have nice little, you know... um what you call it ventilation um zips on the underside of the armpits and stuff they're really baggy you know you can you can obviously buy them to your size to have a baggy fit or you can size down to make it a bit snug to wear as a layer um i usually wore them baggy anyway but i really recommend you check them out especially because everybody's been absolutely rinsing flipping noopsies but i'm not going to spoil the episode but i really recommend you check out episode five episode five of night country absolutely banging banging tv please check it out true detective night country episode five absolutely amazing loved every flipping bit of it honestly loved it honestly 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 did moving on quickly went to touch on this because i just saw this on my timeline because this kind of reminds me of what i was currently what i was going through that had previous job i was at I was working for this company called Parade World. That was this amazing um, online store, um, which basically focused on streetwear and skatewear. And I was doing customer service and operations over there. And it was great because basically what they did is that they acted, they were like, um, what would you call it? They were like a, they were like a marketplace of stores. So essentially a store would go on there and list so we would have stores list their products via the via the site but then the stores themselves will send the products to the customers but we would just deal with the customer service side of things we'd obviously put through the sales technically um obviously we'd kind of deal with whatever operations need to be dealt with but all the flipping stock and the back-end stuff was kind of done by the stores themselves unfortunately over time that business failed and it kind of went bankrupt basically and we all kind of had to get let go but the boss and the manager of it and the ceo and the founder guy was absolutely amazing with how we dealt with it and everything but i remember kind of sitting there thinking you know what this model anyway it's probably not going to work long term because i always remember i was very down on farfetch when it launched um i was never really that positive that it would kind of last as long as it's lasting i'm actually surprised it's been around as long as it has i'm um, considering um i do remember being at some warehouse rave somewhere in hackney wick many many years ago um and i was talking to some guy who was like a big wig at farfetch actually no i think he was not a big wig. sorry i think he was working in like he's working somewhere in farfetch and i remember kind of you know being a little bit too honest about what i thought about farfetch now i thought like you know it was it's a bit shit and he obviously wasn't that happy and pleased about it and then i think shortly after i got told to leave so that was a funny time to be at right imagine going to an afters and you get told to leave because you you know made some disparaging comments about where the person works and shit but anyway we move um it's now being said here the courtesy of stay grounded that caring 
has just cut ties with Farfetch and will be removing their entire catalogue of brands from the e-commerce platform. As a workaround, reports suggest that Farfetch intends to offer luxury products on its website without having direct involvement with the companies. Now, the issue with this is this. When I was working at Parade World, well, this is the same issue that we had. So essentially, some brands like Palace and Stussy didn't want to have their stuff listed on Parade World. They didn't want to have it listed on there. So what we do as a workaround is that we'd have the stores list them on there. But even the stores weren't allowed to sell them via Parade World. They didn't allowed to sell them via their own sites. So they didn't want like third party platforms to kind of sell their wares. They wanted to kind of control the distribution and whatnot, whether it was direct to consumer through their own sites or whether it was through kind of second, you know, second party, second hand fucking whatever the term is, um, retailers. And um, over time, I think that's what killed the business, essentially. If I'm not mistaken, I forgot what big brand it was. Maybe it was Converse or Com de Garso. Maybe maybe it was Com de Garso. It might it might have been Com de Garso. I'm not too sure. I think it was actually. Um, that was another kind of brand also that was kind of refusing to kind of have some of this stuff listed on our site. And eventually that kind of led to the the, the basically the platform kind of you know unfortunately having to stop. And I think this is probably what's going to happen to Farfetch. I think more more than likely this is probably going to lead to the end of it because if you see here some of the brands um connected to caring are gucci saint laurent and um, bottega veneta balenciaga and the mcqueen right you got all these brands that you think a lot of people that would shop on farfetch would actually like so if they can't sell these stuff directly via there then most likely caring is also going to allow not allow them to have their other stores list their stuff on there so it's probably going to be the beginning of the end of farfetch but there's another article here that kind of expounds on it a little bit to kind of read it says caring to pull brands from farfetch as others bypass the platform um and it continues here let's actually read this article it's courtesy of fashion united it says caring has terminated its contract with farfetch preventing this listing of a portfolio of brands including saint laurent gucci Bottega Veneta and Balenciaga on the marketplace for orders shipped directly from the brand's respected warehouses, which is a good deal for them, right? They actually had the ability to have actual access to these big brands' items and list them on their store. Parade, we didn't even have that opportunity. We just had certain things sell on there. Um, if I remember when I was actually at Parade, yeah, I think it was, it must have been Play. It must have been Comme des but I remember one of the most popular items that we were selling for a period of time were the Play Converses, right? The one, you know, most people would know what they are. It's got the heart on the on the side of the Converses, right? The Comme des Garçons ones. And then for a while, they were obviously the highest selling item and it was basically helping to keep the lights on in the company. And then quickly, um, Dover Street or Comme des Garçons overall basically pulled the plug on it and that effectively tanked the company. So... Don't be surprised if Farfetch ends up, you know, running into the same faith. It continue or same fate, sorry. As a workaround, Farfetch is planning to sell high-end brands. Um, the department store group name and Marcus is also ending his contract, which would make the products from his Bergdorf Goodman store available on the Farfetch platform. And Naming the Marcus representative told WWD, our focus remains on continuing to deliver a differentiated luxury experience across all facets of our integrated retail model. What the fuck does that even mean? Honestly, I love fashion retail e-commerce talk differentiated luxury experience across all facets of our integrated retail model <laughs> what and to position our business for sustainable potential profitable growth we appreciate farfetch which continues to be a minority investor in nmg in 2022 farfetch invested 200 million dollars in the name how, how, how are they going to have neiman marcus pull out when they invested in them what 
um, department store chain which plans um, to group to adopt a Farfetch tech solutions is no longer happening without the retail touch points a seller Farfetch to the South Korean um, e-commerce group um, Kaopang has been contentious and the platform is no longer considered a strategic partner of some luxury brands as emphasized by Kering's chief Jean-Marc Duplat um, during a recent earnings call According to Binson Fashion, the majority of Farfetch's available brand portfolio comes from third-party retailers. The platform will be eager to retain as many luxury brands as possible to avoid further damaging its troubling reputation. Forget about the reputation, it's the sales. Like companies like this, honestly, probably re- rely a lot on those, you know, um, sales of those big brands. So if they're not able to list them on their site, it's going to kill them. Honestly, it really will. It wouldn't surprise me if some of their highest sellers are just you know random items like a gucci belt or like you know sandals or something and all those things as soon as you're not allowed to list them from these high-end luxury brands it basically um you know can basically cut you off at the knee so um most likely i know a lot of people who have kind of worked at farfetch who have been let go and most likely that'll be the you know the flipping future that they're going to be seeing in the next term future so rip to everybody on there RIP to everybody that is working there because the end is soon coming for you people. Moving on from that one, a quick one to mention this. Um, maybe I'm a little bit toxic, but I generally did want to see Shannon Sharp break. Um, what's his face? Um, Dio Hughley's face. I'm not gonna lie. I generally wanted to see Shannon Sharp um break this man's face or oh, no was his name dl hoogie i forgot his fucking name i don't fucking know his name but whatever this guy's name mike epps sorry mike epps i could i only went to see shannon sharp beat up mike epps because i feel like nowadays in life in general there's been this weird f- trend lately i've seen and i think maybe i've seen it mostly because of dj academics where guys say what they want especially men no not guys they say men go out there and say what they want they're flagrant right they 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 fucking lay on thick with the insults right and the flipping mocking and the laughing and shit and the dissing and then when you respond in a manner where you like hey i don't do with that back and forth shit i want to fight i want to break your face suddenly it's like oh i don't fight why are you getting emotional why does everything have to be about fighting why can't we just talk it's like bro you said all these things about me that i didn't like and now I want to get to a place where I want to kind of have my get back. My get back is on words. My get back is using my, you know, physical extremities. And now you're telling me I'm overreacting. That's obviously gaslighting, clearly. But it's really bizarre. This does become like a trend nowadays. And maybe it's kind of a some a symptom of trolling because effectively trolling is, you know, it's kind of that, right? You get on people's skin um, to the point where they want to, you know, crash out. But I think there is a missing this element in male com in male disagreement in male skirmishes where there is always that thin veil threat of like violence to keep everybody in check i feel like nowadays guys know they can say what they want on the internet for the most part and if you do try to hit them you're going to look like the psycho because if shannon sharp does try and slump mike epps there's no winning even though mike epps called him gay um you know had all these slick things to say about him and shit now again you say oh mike epps is a comedian he's just joking i guess you know it's not that serious but you can't tell me how i should be offended or how i should feel about something like if i take if it doesn't sit right with me and i feel hurt i should be allowed to feel hurt right you shouldn't be you shouldn't tell me that i shouldn't i shouldn't have my feelings hurt and if my feelings are hurt and the way that i respond when my feelings is hurt is to then hurt you and break your face that should be also okay 
but for some reason we live in a world where like you can't do that anymore it's not a thing and guys even a guy like mike epps who's like an older dude is willing just to say what he wants lay it on thick be extra rude be extra flipping mean about it and then as soon as you respond emotionally and you get irate suddenly oh i don't want to fight it's like then don't say nothing if you don't want to back it up in it like well i'll go on for this I don't know. Obviously, it's good to see peaceful stuff. Two black men getting together and squashing the beef, all that rah, rah, rah. But I think it's necessary sometimes just to kind of hit people just for the sake of balance in the world. Just so people know that that's not something you just can't go around saying what you want. And sometimes I think it's important just to hit people, just to hit people, right? Who are, even if they don't deserve it, just to send a message. It's almost similar to like Jose Mourinho. Whenever Jose Mourinho goes to a new club, one thing he always does, like he always kind of has like a sacrificial lamb. He'll get someone, there'll be someone in a club who basically has to be the sacrifice for everybody else to get in line. And usually it's a really storied player, like a, you know, like a, like a Casillas at, at Real Madrid, right? Um, he's obviously a legendary player, legendary goalkeeper. Um, Mourinho goes into Real Madrid, walks in and basically cuts him, right? Basically, hey, you're out new goalkeeper comes in and basically gets sold after that, right? So that's basically where you kind of assert your authority. And I think it's super important for men to do that sometimes, even if the guy isn't, even if the guy isn't deserving of the slap or the punch. I think it's important just to be like, hey, this is, this is not for you. This is for everybody else behind you who maybe wants to say some slick shit. So again, I think you can say what you want about people, but if they then decide that they want to hit you, you should be able to just hey okay cool i said what i wanted to say but as men if you want to get your fucking lick back let's throw some hands let's go because you know he would also get some ratings too for throwing hands with mike for with shannon sharp right the guys are built like a brick wall but i don't know man there's a part of me that just i despise that and this is some kind of somebody that talks a lot of shit i talk a little shit but i think you know i don't try to like get you know i don't try to um, insult people i don't try to be mean to people in any kind of way but i'm also aware that some of the things i've said maybe people won't like it and they might want to approach me in person about it and that's perfectly fine perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with approaching somebody in person and saying hey i didn't like what you said nothing wrong with it whatsoever especially even if they want to hit there's nothing wrong with it because you said words about them there's nothing wrong but i just refuse to be okay with this new breed this this new thing that's happening nowadays in culture where people are just saying what they want and then as soon as you want to fight them they suddenly start hiding and start putting their hands up and acting as if like it's no big deal why are you getting emotional it's like nah 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 you don't get to, you you don't get to do that you don't get to do that to me you know what i mean you don't get to do that to me don't you dare but hey maybe i'm just being too toxic maybe i'm just being too toxic who knows who bloody knows next week i wanted to mention this big up lancy foe Big up flipping Lancey Foe. Coach of the Shade Borough, have you seen the Lancey Foe transformation? Have you seen how absolutely wham he's become in like, what, less than two years probably? <laughs> he's become absolutely hench. He went from being like a legit model frame, right, in terms of how skinny he was, right, legit like runway model kind of frame, very, very, um, sl very slight, very skinny, very kind of young thug physique looking all of a sudden he's got completely wham now people are speculating online is it steroids is it just african genes 
Um, from what I've been led to believe, he's Ugandan or something. So, you know, Ugandan dudes aren't the biggest. So maybe there is an element, especially considering how slight he was in frame. Maybe there's an element of him actually being on gear. That probably is the reason why he looks the way he does. But even if he's not on gear, or even if he is on gear, sorry, the level of dedication it takes to go from looking like that to this, especially when it goes to being going in the gym, especially as an artist, is a lot. So we have to kind of give it to the guy for going to that kind of level because he looks really, really flipping. He looks whammer than wham, then whammy, then whammy. Do you know what I mean? He actually looks absolutely massive. So big up him for doing so. But one of the annoying things about looking this size, and I know it, not because I look this size because of muscle, because it's not, it's mostly fat. But one of the things that's annoying about looking this size is that as good as it looks in t-shirts, like, you know, there's nothing better than having your biceps popping, you know, underneath your flipping t-shirts, your chest looking fucking 3D and shit, right? There's nothing better now. Your actual chest, you know, tits banging, right? Like everything looking amazing. Your traps look great. There's nothing better than that. The only bad thing about being this size, you can't fit into fashion. There's no fashion stuff you can wear nowadays. That's the annoying thing about looking this size. And anything made by a luxury fashion designer, you go from Rick Owens to Balenciaga to Saint Laurent to Celine. Um, I'm looking, I'm checking about guy stuff to even a Miri. There's probably, there's probably a Miri bits you can't wear being that size. That's the only thing that's annoying. So then you have to start wearing like, you know, muscle boy clothes like stretchy stretchy pants and like straight in that gymshark t-shirts like who wants to do that under armor shirts like come on that's the only annoying thing about being this size which is why for the most part i've kind of lent more to the kind of you know european footballers kind of physique as type of as kind of my kind of you know um north star as they say because as much as i would want to look like this day to day and i think there is something amazing about being a man and being able to walk into a room and be physically imposing right there's something really gratifying about looking like a bouncer everywhere you go but unfortunately you're just not going to fit into fashion clothes man you're not going to fit into fashion clothes that's the one thing that always annoys me about this sort of stuff like all the stuff that i want to wear like even blends younger right they, they cut everything's really cut boxy and baggy but even that you have to wear what double xls in flipping balenciaga and they have and have it fit normally Jeremy, have it kind of be stretched and your arms are not kind of fitting on the flipping sleeves. Nah, I'd rather be slight, but big up him anyway for the work. Um, he looks absolutely incredible. I'm not going to lie. Um, he does look great. That transformation's insane. Doesn't matter if he's on gear or not. Most likely he is on gear because he's Ugandan. So, you know, if he was Nigerian or Ghanaian, I'd believe he kind of put this on naturally. But because most guys, you know, from other parts of Africa where guys are big you know it only takes a couple of days or a couple of weeks in the gym and suddenly they develop muscles they didn't have or you know they did never knew they had and shit very quickly because the african genes are strong but I, i'm assuming it's probably gear most likely it's gear i'm not gonna lie but regardless he looks absolutely great big up lancey foe big up blood clot lancey flipping foe next on the list let's move on i want to mention um Kalila, right I've been banging this album, The Raven, the remixes, and it's been so refreshing to listen to. Number one, because I feel like 
there's been a resurgence in remix albums nowadays now i don't know why this was a thing that kind of died out i know it was a thing before prior especially in pop there'd always be a remix album that would come out where loads of different producers across the electronic music space would basically you know lend their hand to some of the big hits on the album and do their remix sometimes it'll be a pack sometimes it'll be an ep um, of like the hit singles remixed by big producers or sometimes they'd remake the entire album and every track on the listing would have a remix by a different person um clearly kind of then you know a mix of both of those type of things but i'm just happy that this has become a thing now now it's become a thing that's kind of come back into culture because what it does is that it breathes new life into an album that's really legendary right raven that came out in 2020 was absolutely great um but now it's kind of breathed new life into this album and it's kind of allowed it to kind of relive again right come back to life in 2024 and beyond but some of the flipping tracks on here legitimately make me want to start producing i'm not gonna lie because i've often wondered like in order to make a great remix what kind of goes into it like your kind of mindset as a producer do you kind of go into it thinking hey i want to remix this i want to remix this from the ground up or do you try to like edit it in terms of like sometimes when you're listening to a song you just can't help maybe it's my dj brain you can't help but think oh shit this would actually be good if they kind of extended this bit if they looped this bit if they did this bit blah 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 blah. all these things you kind of think of it right and, and that's maybe where the dj edit brain comes in so you kind of make a dj edit so maybe if it was me and i was making a remix maybe i'd make two remixes i'd make like a dj edit that'd be great in sets and maybe you make a, a remix of something that kind of you know that maybe it's a jumping off point from the original track like an a, like a new a new it a new kind of a new representation of that original track that you're kind of remixing that'll probably be the way, the way i did the way i would have gone and did it and i think a lot of these artists have basically done the same thing but they basically said hey i'm a you know maybe i'm a deep house person i'm just gonna make a deep house remix of this particular track but honestly some of these tracks are they've been i've been floating listening to this shit especially some of my favorites to kind of go through them has definitely been contact um the karen naimi kg remix i really recommend you check that out track two um i've really been enjoying bruises which is a susia remix that's absolutely banging i've also been a dreaming one of the great one of the best standout tracks on here is definitely far away dj swisher remix absolutely incredible and um, lsdx xoxo even though he doesn't like me and he's blocks me on places um the sorbet remix he's done is absolutely a banging that is the key that is a quintessential good vibes put a smile on your face fun music you can i can imagine that being played in Berghain, it going absolutely off so big up lsdxoxo for that one that sounds absolutely crazy um the ag remix happy ending is absolutely crazy as well um river river moon um absolutely sm snapped on this one on the run track number 15 absolutely incredible um i also recommend you check out enough for love um the ag heartbeat remix is absolutely great and um, too many good ones to mention actually too many good ones honestly um tiger paw also is really good i've got to mention that one as well but so many so many so many so many so many good ones to check out so really do recommend you check it out it's called raven the remixes by kalila i'm sure most of you know who she is anyway absolute legend um again um it's amazing to see remix albums becoming a thing again and i can't wait to hear more from going forward and i'm going to be banging these tunes probably in sets of mine up and coming very soon as well so definitely check that out if you haven't seen it already big up nj ranger appreciate you brother remember the tron legacy remix album oh yeah of course of course of course of course of course 
Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Big up NJ Ranger. Uh big <laughs> Big up Dun Dotter. <laughs> Shout out DJ Gazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. Um, big up mood. Yeah, AJ Cook is AG is AG Cook. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep, 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 yep. Big up, big up, big up, big up. Um, let's continue on. Um, I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to stop listening to Kanye West. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what he says. I don't care what he does. I'm never abandoning Kanye Kanye West. I'm never abandoning Ye. Never, ever am I abandoning this guy. I'm never going to abandon Kanye West. Ever. Vultures number one. Oh my God. Oh my God. Now, put away what you think about him as a person, what you think about him as a father, what you think about him as a friend, what you think about him as a, you know, collaborator, peer, whatever. Kanye West, the artist, the artist, the producer, unbelievable, unmatched, unequaled. He is the greatest. I swear to God. Vultures 1 is absolutely crazy. There's been a lot of drama around the whole album. I'll speak about most of it, you know, in passing as we continue with this little segment. But I was trying to focus on the album itself. Wow. You know, this is one of the main reasons why I think it's impossible to let go of people like Kanye at his talent level. Because unfortunately, there's just not many people out there nowadays, artists, who are as good as him. That's the issue. Music nowadays is so shit, mostly because of streaming platforms, I feel like, and maybe record labels not paying or compensating artists well enough. So basically it leads to people making terrible, dumbed down music to kind of appeal to the general public and the masses and stuff, which is obviously not the peak of creativity. But nowadays in order to make it as an artist, you kind of need to go hard, right? You can't really survive being a, you, sorry, you can survive, but you can't really thrive being an indie artist anymore, right? Because these labels, these deals, they're taking money out of you all over the place, right? It be, there was a time, in, there was a time where independent artists were able to make some money, were able to maybe break even if they went on tour if they maybe sold some merch at their live shows. Nowadays, even live shows, even merch, these fucking companies, these record labels are even dipping their hands into that. They're taking bits of the merch money, bits of the live show money. Imagine how crazy it's getting out there. So obviously the super creative artists out there who would make really interesting music that would obviously challenge and that would obviously be mind-alterating, that would obviously be genre-defying they're now being dissuaded to do it because it's just not financially viable anymore, right? Because I think most artists out there, myself included, you don't really, you're not really in it for the money. You're just in it for the lifestyle. You're in it for the art. You're in it for the love, right? You're in it to share the talent, to share your perspective of what you have with people, right? You're in it for the fans. So if you can make a living where you're able to pay your bills, you're able to kind of, you know, live your life, you're basically okay. You don't really need to make crazy amounts of money. But if you can't even do the bare minimum, then how are you meant to be creative? 
So it's no surprise nowadays that there's no new artists coming up now, not to the level that they were in the past, who are even as close to matching Ye when it comes to his ability to put together an album. So when you hear this for the first time and you're hearing all these tracks going in all these different directions, you're hearing these weird voice inflections, you're hearing these really crazy, interesting ways that he flips choruses and verses and guest features and stuff, your brain is just going, wow. Your brain can't believe how good this is because stuff that we've listened to on a daily basis has been so terrible. And this is even when it's not mixed. Some of the tracks aren't even mixed properly, right? They're a bit rough around the edges. They're not, you know, whatever. It may be the vocals are a bit high here, a bit flat there, blah, blah, blah. Even with that being said, even with the digital streaming platforms taking it down, distributors getting angry, blah, blah, blah. You can see through all of that, right? Pull out to the side and you can like, this album is absolutely slaps from the beginning to the fucking end. Nothing but hits. Northwest fucking feature on Talking. Crazy. The Freddie Gibbs flipping feature on Back to Me. Maybe one of the best verses, guest verses we've seen maybe since Nicki Minaj on, what you call it, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Legitimately crazy guest verse on there. And again, I'm not, I don't really listen to Freddie Gibbs like that. I think he's a great rapper. But when he went in at the end, I was like, wow. Like, I'm not too sure if this is because it's a personal record, it, the themes of the verse kind of speak to maybe a situation he kind of went through, but Jesus Christ, he absolutely went crazy. And that is, again, part of fucking Ye's genius. Who's really, who out here is listening to Fred, F- Freddie Gibbs, YG and Quave on a daily basis? I don't know. I don't, I know I don't. Again, I'm I'm not that, you know, I'm not that put off by YG. I was more of a Drake or the Ruler guy, but whatever and Quavo solo stuff it's not really for me Migos cool but YG snapped on do it Quavo on paperwork went crazy why because of fucking Kanye Kanye has this ability to bring out the best in people he is one of the greatest producers we have nowadays at doing that he's able to bring people to bring something else out of people that they don't have he's maybe to able to push them to write better verses to kind of you know have different voice inflections to wrap in different cadences like different themes not curse whatever he's absolutely crazy crazy what he does and for yg and quaver on here but the freddie gibbs with guest verse is just wow 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 fuck some with playboy carty and travis scott i can't lie i might have replayed the first minute of that track a, a million times I swear on my life, I'm not going to, I swear on my life, I may have replayed the fucking start of that track a million times. And I'm not even joking to you. That first minute of that, tr- of that track. I'm going to fuss And then Carter's voice comes in. I'm going to fuck some. Come on. Come on. Playboy Carter went in. Are you dumb? Are you fucking crazy? Are you absolutely crazy? Like even Travis Scott had, Travis Scott probably had one of the best verses he's ever had, even excluding fucking Utopia. His verse on this track is absolutely incredible. Then you get Bump J and Little Dirk. Killed it on Vultures. Playboy Carter and, and Rich the Kid. And, and again, please don't lie. When's the last time anybody cared about Rich the Kid? When's the last time anybody gave a share about Rich the Kid? And he came in absolutely smashed Carnival to pieces. But the co- but the verse, the chorus of that fucking track, the chorus of that fucking track 
is going to do absolute numbers on festivals. Don't be surprised if we get some videos from like, what you call it? Um, from festivals coming up very soon. I forgot which one I was thinking of just now. Where they're going to be in the millions of views. That verse, especially with the football chant, which is amazing because there's videos now featuring um, where Kanye is basically showing a music video that he's filming, where he filmed the music video with Inter Milan Ultras, right? Hooligans singing along to the the chorus that goes, go, 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 go. Head so good, she on a roll. She ride a dick like a carnival. I done did the impossible. Go, 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 go. Head so good, she on a roll. She ride a dick like a carnival. I did the impossible. Oh, oh, yo. Can you imagine how crazy that's going to go off in a festival? Are you insane? Do you know how many people's faces are going to get punched? How many fly kicks are going to get swung in the air? Can you imagine the fucking mosh pit when that fucking when that fucking drops? Are you insane? <sighs> don't don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. And then of course Rich the Kid comes in and absolutely snaps. Honestly, and I don't even give a shit about Rich the Kid like that. But Rich the Kid went fucking crazy. Uh, Playboy Carty went absolutely dumb as well. His verse is gonna get in. Um, Ty Dolla Sign floated on that track as well. It's absolutely just insane how good the entirety of the album is um chris brown on, on beg forgiveness incredible um good good um good don't die on my unfortunately album um it's been taken down because i think of the donna summers you know um, what you call it um the donna summers sample on there problematic and king at the end absolutely incredible so you have to say given that kanye has been excommunicated from the music industry right because of his anti-semitic world tour that he went on which was obviously very ill-advised You'd imagine that a lot of people in the industry have definitely been dissuaded from working with him, right? So to be able to produce an album of this level, of this quality, of this standard, with everybody against you, rightfully so for the things that you said, because I think, you know, one of the things I don't like about Ye is definitely the victim complex he has, right? He's always a victim. He can never really understand why people like he's 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 okay with understanding he could he's okay with the idea of him saying what he wants right he's okay with that but he's not okay with people reacting very strongly to what he says like he feels that like you can just say what you want and no one should be able to try to cancel you but it's like no 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 sometimes if you say really hurtful things to people they will go out of their way to make sure that you are not successful again like that's something that's going to happen it's just what it, it's just what it is so you have to be cautious of you have to kind of be mindful of the things that you say and not to piss too many people off because it can have some long lasting ramifications for your life and your career but yeah he doesn't really think that way it's always like i'm the victim i'm the victim i'm pure i'm pure which is dumb but regardless of that put that to one side i'm just saying to be able to create with all of that turmoil around you and knowing that people in the industry aren't going to co-sign you because let's be for real the weird thing about this yay release like i've not seen a yay release like this where the majority of the industry aren't really rooting for it you know like usually when it's a yay release like you think of the wyoming era like i think yay's kanye has always had the worst for me the most cringy 
circle jerk around him i feel like sometimes it's always kind of a, a hindrance even now with all the drama with that flipping um, distribution and um, the distributing company basically you know taking down the original vultures that was on the streaming platforms because he decided to renege on the deal that they had and stuff like i just feel like Kanye has the worst people around him personally i feel like he's you know maybe it's because of his mental state maybe because he's too trusting maybe because people take advantage of him i'm not really too sure but he's definitely definitely has the wrong people around him and they definitely don't help with the situation but regardless i did remember as there was a time where i despised a lot of the people that are around him especially some of the people that were on my timeline who i'm kind of like loosely associated with because they would always kind of circle jerk around him and they wouldn't really want i wouldn't say hold his feet to a fire but they would never kind of want to pull him up with some of the dicey things he was saying before he went anti-semitic right and they kind of were always there kind of joking and sucking him off. And there's no better example of it than the Wyoming time. When everyone went to Wyoming and pretended they wanted to be fucking farmers and shit. And they were buying into all that sort of nonsense, right? And that kind of Jesus pivot, which, you know, it's funny because what, is, what, what happened to the Christianity, right? What happened to the Christianity? I think that's completely gone out the window. But regardless, that era of Kanye's friends were the worst because they were the get-along gang, right? They were just there for the, for the good times, for the free merch, for the Yeezys and stuff, right? And then as soon as it got bad, they all kind of run and jump ship. So it's really interesting to see a Ye launch that is mostly powered by the fans and not by the influencers. And not by all those kind of like industry people. It's mostly the fans that are pushing vultures. Like they're the ones that are really championing him, that are kind of reminding people what's going number one. I think Vultures is kind of climbing up the charts, that are really pushing and kind of advocating for Ye are definitely the fans. And I think that goes to show that obviously he's how dedicated his fan base is but i think it's also a reflection of just how terrible artists are nowadays that people are like hey we've seen what music is like without yay and we'd rather support someone that is able to make this type of music you know here and there because you know not all of his recent albums have been hits but the fact that he can make this this level of art and still be that toxic is very much a example of just how weird it is when it comes to creativity like i've always said like unfortunately some of the worst people in the world make the best art and maybe that is a kind of requirement to make good art is that you have to have these questionable points of view you maybe have to do some really horrible things in your life that are somewhat going to inform the work that you put out there and it's going to resonate with people but nowadays in the world that we live in you know where people are very um quick to maybe um be hurt by certain things or maybe they're really or no maybe the world we live in where people are not willing to put you know to separate the art from the artist it's hard to navigate like that but for me personally there's not you know there isn't anybody out there like him there really isn't like he, like again this is with the album not really being mixed properly with some of the verses and lyrics and stuff not being that you know complex and deep and shit but just listening to it from a purely musical standard point of view in terms of the you know the flipping melodies the verses the choruses the soundscapes where it's going the journeys each track go on like too much it's too much it's too much it's too good especially some of the activations he's got good now as well there's a launch for i think there's a there's an italy performance happening very soon um which is going to be great there was obviously one in new york i think in las vegas i've got the other one somewhere else so he's doing all these amazing listening party things which i think are really great ways to kind of enjoy the album with everybody around you with everybody else in that stadium with you as well and have all these artists jump on stage and do their thing and shit i think it's a great collective way to kind of listen to a project together right um that's really great that's something that he's kind of pioneered 
that regard but i love it man honestly vulture's number one i love and the great thing about it is that he announced that there's two more coming out it's going to be a free um it's going to be a flipping trilogy so we've got two more of these dropping very soon and the great thing about it as well is this is all independently done um obviously it's not by choice because i think labels have basically washed their hands of yay and most corporations but it's absolutely incredible i really recommend you check it out i've loved every listen i've had of it i can't wait to check it out again in the gym when i go later today and i've been really enjoying vultures and i think you should check it out it's definitely one of my most enjoyed albums lately and it's great to just to see yay back out you know what i mean and flexing doing his thing enjoying himself and shit and you know i think the last thing that we want as fans of yay is just no more interviews i don't think we want any more interviews let him say what he wants on stage and shit but i think as long as he's out here putting out the music to the level that he's doing at the moment i'm okay with it but just no more interviews please i don't want him to share his thoughts on hitler i don't want him to share his thoughts on jewish people i want him to fucking just make great art and even if he does say racist stuff unfortunately because there's no one else at his level i'm not also going to ban them because it's just too good the guy's just too much he's just too good at what he does he really fucking is too good at what he does so big up yay big up vultures one and i can't wait to hear more of it soon i can't wait to hear more of it very soon another thing that's been really cool to see yay do has been the release of some of the merch that he's put together for vultures and just in general the relaunch of yeezy and what he basically has been angling for and i think and again i don't i, I take a pinch of salt this whole diatribe yay says that part of the reason why the gap deal fell through is because he always wanted to be able to present these high level ideas or take what them that was doing at balenciaga which he thinks is the pinnacle or fashion design right which obviously i love as well because i'm a big demna fanboy from the times of him being at vetima and obviously the stuff he's done at balenciaga and he went to be able to take that and distill it into gap and obviously present it to the masses but his number one main aim at the end of it was to have the yeezy gap stuff be sold for 20 dollars. but obviously gap were like nah i mean we're gonna price it we're gonna price it fuck you and he said that was one of the reasons why the, the deal fell through. I don't really believe that. I feel like, you know, Ye basically is impossible to work with, especially as a corporation. Um, he's always going to annoy you and get under your skin. So it was always going to end in, you know, in tears anyway, as it did. But still, he followed through with that promise by doing it himself and selling it at $20. And most likely, the stuff that he's selling now at $20, I wouldn't be surprised if he's making a loss on this definitely making a loss because if i'm not mistaken um this stuff is being made in collaboration with dov dov cherney the guy that used to run american apparel he's now got another company i think called this los angeles apparel right that basically man manufactures and produces you know whatever clothing right sweatshirts and t-shirts and shit and i think he's doing a collaboration with him so he's obviously producing the stuff in a back end which is obviously not a partner whatever it may be but it's not that's kind of high scale of gap but regardless i'd imagine he's probably not making much on these things anyway so he's probably doing it at a loss but i feel like this is a great way to do stuff like this when you're especially when you're someone like yay and you have fuck you money you should be able to you should do stuff like this to kind of almost say give back, but just for the fun of it. Similar to what Rogan is doing with his comedy club, um, the comedy mothership. Most likely he's probably not making that much money from it, especially when you hear all the rumors from other comedians that say that he pays really well. He's just doing it for the love 
because he fucking loves stand-up and obviously selfishly because it gives him a chance it gives him a place to go perform every fucking weekend right or every night he wants to there's a club right around the corner from where he lives they can go and perform at bloody blah 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 and i feel like the same thing goes for yay um if you've got the money that he has you can take the chances why not try this model where you sell all your clothing for 20 dollars or 17 pounds as you can see here and you're able to put all these amazing products into the hands of people right and you're able to sell all this your idea of what fashion should be um at this kind of high level and have it at this sort of low prices and it's available to everybody and even got the easy pods even the easy pods right the shoes that everybody's been um you know fighting over these are also sold for flipping 20 dollars. that's absolutely sick isn't it i think that's absolutely cool i really do think it's really cool um and i think it does go to show that his heart is always in the right place when it comes to these sort of things. His approach maybe isn't the greatest, um, obviously. And I think as a corporation, you're probably, you're probably, you need to look, you probably need to think very hard about working with Ye because obviously it's going to help you with your bottom line. But when it comes to, you know, public perception and, you know, the risk of just flying off the handle, the things he will say and do might just be way too much for most corporations to deal with. Even though I feel like a lot of them, when they do get in business with him, they should know that's part of the deal when it comes to working with EA. He's always going to be a bit unhinged. He's never going to be, um, you know, Virgil Abloh in that respect, who was able to kind of balance the working with the underground and the quote unquote, the overground, as he was always to say. That was kind of what he was genius at. So RIP to him. But yeah, it's just too much of a quote-unquote psycho so you just have to kind of learn to kind of you know live with that sort of thing and just be okay with him saying what the fuck he's saying because at the end of the day the products kind of speak for themselves so most likely we're gonna i think most likely we're probably gonna get another iteration of these easy pods anyway because from what i've seen online a few people have got them and the quality doesn't look the greatest now because you know most likely he's doing independent having to source the manufacturers produce himself i'm sure he's come he's come across a lot of roadblocks and shit but i feel like we're probably gonna get other iterations of the shoe um going forward as we continue but regardless i feel like the proposition you put together of of taking high level design quote unquote and selling it um for twenty dollars to the people is absolutely amazing and i wish more people would do this um unfortunately you have people like jerry lorenzo out here who thinks god has ordained him to sell one thousand dollar fucking jeans and shit but the pricing of fashion in general has always you know bewildered me especially balenciaga is a good example of it you'll go on balenciaga and they'll have a t-shirt and a pair of shoes that are basically the same price like a t-shirt is like 400 pounds you can find a pair of shoes on balenciaga's website that are like 500 or 600 so it's like how does that make any sense? Why is a t-shirt 400 and the shoes are for 700? Like, like it just doesn't make any sense nowadays. Like the pricing is just fucking all over the place. Even though I know it costs a lot, it costs a lot to make it. I understand, but pricing of fashion has always been something that's kind of got under my skin anyway. But big up yay for doing the complete opposite and giving it to the people the way he's done it. Most likely, this obviously won't be to most people's taste. It's just basic box, box, um, boxy, baggy tees in black with the number one at the back, and you got the wet, um, you know, top that you've seen, um, with the Yeezy Mawalola, sorry, wet tank top that we've seen obviously bianca sensori where you've also got um the vultures logo with the with, with the germany um emblem kind of flip going on there as well and you've got some other vultures mask as well they're taken as well um inspiration i think for that metal band i forgot the fucking name of it um, i think it's bazooka or something i forgot the name i forgot the name of it but regardless and you also got the vinyl um of vultures there at the end as well so big up yeah regardless you can check out yourself at yeezy.com get yourself some yeezy merch get yourself some yeezy merch at yeezybloodclark.com 
Next, 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 next. We have to, we have to talk about Supreme. So Supreme just dropped their their spring summer 2024 collection. It's absolutely smoking, absolutely smacking personally. And I picked out some of my favorites. Obviously, most of it's available on the store, so you can check out yourself if you want to check it out at Supreme.com. You know where to check it out. But the Supreme spring 2024 collection is absolutely quite great now i'm not usually a fan of spring um supreme collections i feel like they're, they're probably not the strongest i feel like their winter stuff's always the best because i'm a big jackets guy anyway so i fucking love it but this stuff is good this stuff is good this stuff is really really good um this um cactus plant flea market and um, designed um varsity jacket in red smacking I'm not somebody that's a big fan of the massive logo, especially this box logo fucking design. But just, you know, you've got this amazing, um, what almost, is it like a felt body? What is that? What's the body? Um, let's see here. So the, the cowhide leather sleeves feel, quilted satin, snap well, um, knit rib coffin, and what is it? Uh, Shinlin, uh, chenille um, embroidered logo panel on the front and the back. Uh, like amazing i think that's absolutely beautiful person for me in all red blood red um with this with the supreme logo in white um cactus plant absolutely smashed on that one so big up her um i really do like this faux fur jacket i know it's not for everybody but the the inner flipping 80s 90s pimp inside of me really 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 wants this i swear to god i absolutely want this i swear to god i absolutely want this looks incredible faux fur in black and white you can't go wrong with that then you got the fishtail parker um i don't know if most of you guys know i'm a fucking big fan of a fishtail parker i love that fishtail parkers are now becoming back in trend again i've got a um fishtail parker from the double taps i've got another one from angland shop i bought which is like this little korean store that does really cool stuff and what else i've got I forgot I've got I've got a few anyway but one of the ones that I really regret not having anymore was the Supreme Justice for All Fishtail Parker which I unfortunately lost when I went to Iceland a few years ago I went to Iceland for some work trip that ended in fucking tears but I ended up losing my just for fucking my Justice for All Olive Green Supreme Parker um Supreme Fishtail which is absolutely crazy but now there's another one that's obviously the same sort of colorway um a bit different in design I think standardly you'd imagine but it's met, but it's done in collaboration with Futura and it's got some Futura text here on the back as well um that's absolutely banging but I did check the pricing of it lately the other day and it was like 400 pounds I was like god damn it 400 pounds for a fishtail parker now the only reason why it might be a little bit of a good price is because of the lining it does have good it has like a an insulated lining on the inside if I'm not mistaken so that's what that's what might make it a little bit more worthwhile but it is quite expensive for a fishtail parker I'm not going to lie um you know 400 something pounds is fucking crazy but you know i guess it's the nature of the beast when it comes to supreme um next on that you've got this amazing gore-tex tape seamed um shell jacket personally for me a lot of people out there aren't fans of this jacket because it's got the kermit the frog um <laughs> signif- what you call it illustration here at the back but i quite like this i think there's a really nice little hit on the back nice playful little hit there to kind of you know soften the blow of you wearing supreme on a daily basis the purple kind of goes crazy too and the red um to be fair you have to give it to supreme like a lot of the stuff they're doing in-house when it comes to the outerwear is starting to fucking eclipse or starting to match um a lot of the stuff that they're doing with collaborators and stuff 
it's really really cool to see they're not doing as many i guess outerwear collaborations but i honestly feel like a lot of the stuff they do in-house is really good so i really do like that kermit the frog um gore-tex shell um we've also got this amazing um nylon chore jacket in orange that i absolutely love um can't get rid of that um this amazing fleece um this muppets fleece is for me a winner straight up i love this muppet fleece and especially this fucking colorway right it looks absolutely crazy that looks fucking brilliant i love everything about it um we continue here we've got this um brushed argyle zip vest again maybe i wouldn't get too many wears out of this but i just love the look of it in general just to kind of mix up on my wardrobe we've got this maradona soccer jersey which i absolutely love with the maradona mural here on the front like in uh, airbrush mural design look at that that looks absolutely incredible i love this right incredible love this um then you've got um this layered hooded long sleeve top with a t-shirt on top of it as well not mad at that in the slightest and then you've got this black cats snapback which i've always been a fan of because unfortunately my head is too big i can't wear supreme camp cats so i have to wear these hats and i feel like these hats are fucking incredible the five panel hats that they make especially some of the trucker hats i think they fit incredibly well so big up supreme for doing that then you got these um a box logo box well box logo new era hats i really do like these and they've got the um they've got the mlb logos on the side so you've got the box logo printed on the, on the front and you've got all these mlb logos right la um i think san fran there new york dodgers i think or detroit socks and atlanta i think or something i'm not really too sure i'm not really familiar with some of the mlb teams um you've got this amazing um mesh five panel as well which i really do like especially that logo design that looks really great um and then you've also got the supreme futura new era that looks really cool as well i love the script on that one um then you've also got another box logo um trucker hat which i'm also a big fan of actually that white one with the supreme box logo is absolutely amazing summer season 24 like i would actually wear that to absolute death this beanie the space die beanie is brilliant especially this especially that color at the end unfortunately it sold out because everybody kind of saw the vision that i saw because i think it kind of looks similar to the one of the previous beanies that came out but this particular beanie is absolutely beautiful like supreme makes some really nice beanie so i really do like the look of that then you've got obviously this um gore-tex sunshield hat as well which i've also liked the look of that was absolutely banging um the backpack is absolutely incredible um it absolutely it, it's actually covered in 3m um so when someone shines a light at it, it kind of glows I think the orange color or the camo is probably my favorite, but that orange is, or that orange or red, whatever, I think it's mostly an orange, is fucking smacking, but it, it kind of glows too. That's the kind of, that's the glow when obviously you shine a light on it, and the orange then turns into a bit more of a red, but that backpack is absolutely crazy. I love that backpack. Um, I also love this um, duffel, mini duffel bag. It's probably the perfect size for a DJ bag for me, right? You can fit your headphones in there, your USB keys and shit, all your little cables. So I love the look of that. Look at these gloves, right? These Supreme Ducati um, leather gloves, fucking smoking, right? You cannot deny that these Ducati gloves are absolutely crazy as well they've also got a ducati bike as a collaboration um you've also got this um tape seamed um waterproof you know fucking duffel bag that looks absolutely crazy look at that all in white with the big logo there 
I absolutely love the fucking look of that. And it's obviously made in Germany as well, which is absolutely crazy. So I love the look of that one. You've also got the Supreme Roland um, synthesizer. That's absolutely great. I'd love to have this just for the, just for the fucking fun of it. Maybe not even to use as a synthesizer. I'm not really, I'm not going to lie. And then you've also got the rhythm composer. I wonder if they're going to get fucking an artist actually do a really good collaboration with these in terms of the, in terms of the flipping promotion pieces. I wonder. That'd be really cool. If they've got like a DJ and artist to put, actually put together some cool little bits of primer for this, it'll actually be great. Um, and then you've also got, look at this. You've got Supreme um, Five Gallon Bucket. Five Gallon, sorry, Five Gallon ba Bucket. I'm saying Bucket. Well, I can't say Bucket properly. That's going to look fucking crazy. I can't wait to see these get reselled. We're going to be living in some dark times where we see guys reselling a Five Gallon Supreme Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> these are gonna go for money what people are gonna be reselling these buckets <laughs> i can't wait to see what's gonna happen people are gonna be reselling supreme bucket i can't wait um then we've got some mechanic gloves i absolutely love the mechanic gloves by the way i love the gloves the gloves are fucking banging um they're actually leather um which mechanic don't really do i don't think especially in this type of rate this type of style um you've got the supreme embossed there on the top and um, print all over and you also got the red colorway absolutely great i love the i love the look of these and then you've also got moleskins which are great i'll probably end up getting a couple of these myself and then you've also got these matches which look absolutely credible and then lastly we have a french press from supreme as well which i absolutely love and probably will try and get myself as well so loads of great stuff in supreme spring 2024 i really do recommend you check it out i really do recommend you check it out and really there's one of my favorite spring collections in a while because again like i said i'm not the biggest fan of supreme spring 2024 collections or spring in general because i feel like the winter stuff is definitely better but i'm not mad at it it looks pretty cool i'm not mad at it in the slightest i'm not mad at it in the slightest definitely check it out if you haven't already it looks absolutely smacking absolutely smacking anyways my friends that has been the excellent zinger show episode number 747 thanks so much for checking in it's been a pleasure to have your company as per usual um really do enjoy you being here with me um if you are watching the show live you won't hear tune today but if you are listening to the audio podcast you'll hear my tune today tune today will be will be yay and title assigned carnival please do check that tune out please check it out on the best songs i've ever listened to in my entire life i fucking love it so check out carnival and i'll see you guys again very very soon for now take care my friends take care
Every day I dress all black For sure 900 racks Middle East got double that I'm a neck a bubble back I'm a wrist new Cadillac Cause I don't want a bag Lil' bitch, I'm a superstar These hoes wanna fuck my car My dog put a nigga in park Gotta watch out for the knives This the Game of Thrones Yeezy not the clones Elon with my rocket ship It's time to go home They served us the part Since the day we was born Anybody pissed off? Gotta make a drink the yard Now I'm Yay Kelly, bitch Now I'm Bill Cosby, bitch Now I'm Puff Daddy Rich That's me, to me Rich Where she say she said my dick And she say she ain't said my dick She gon' take it up the ass Like a Ben Triloquist I mean, sis, Taylor Swift Since I had the rolling on the wrist I'm the new Jesus, bitch I turn water to Chris This for what they did to Chris They can't do shit with this Got my kids in a fake school We ain't... Go, 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 go Hands so good, she on the road She ride a dick like a carnival I done did the impossible Go, 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 go Hands so good, she on the road She ride a dick like a carnival I done did the impossible She ride a dick like a carnival Been over having flashbacks She gon' heat me up like a carnival It's the way I pop my shit The hoes not ready I'm going barnacles Moving to feel like a Jason Can't get arrested I make them stop me She want a private session Roll out them exes When I'm on Melrose She tatted my name on her titties Yeah, you could bust it But it's a borrow <laughs> Sitting back counting up doors I was raising a borrow She want a taste of checking the sweat today Ho, come back tomorrow If you know what I know How's your hoe? Just out the fence Don't have no high toes Running around in the lobby I know that they tired me Having like 10 hoes She needs some credentials Just to be presidential Ho, ho I'm out to buy some dentures Make the hoe eat me for dinner Whoa, whoa, pain All of my eyes I can't see I'm at the jump out my body, I'm ready to leap. I'm at the nut on her body and tell her whole leap. Fitting me a stuff in the bed, tell the whole gang eat. The Jake and body, tell me who fucking with we. I'm hot like the car, I'm feeling that hole in my sleep. Dollar signs all of my dreams, I don't ever see Z's. Wow, 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 this way. Cover my body like it's a disease. Wow, wow, wow.